Greetings and welcome to Shnaim Mikra, the series uh, initiated and ho- sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted at OU.org, uh, in which in each podcast we investigate one of the aliyot of the current week's parasha. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and it's been my delight to be studying this week's parasha, Parashat Acharemot, with you. <coughs> in the previous podcast, the fourth aliyah, we looked at the beginning of Perak Yod Zayin, now we pick it up. At the fifth Aliyah, in Parak Yudzayin Pasuk Chet, the end of this bridge parsha, and I'll explain at the end of this parak why it's a bridge. Valehem Tomar, And now, we move to another aspect of the issue of Shchut Echutz, if one of you or a stranger resides among you, wants to bring an Ola or a Zevach, an Ola, Zevach generally means Shlamim, and does not bring it to Petach So now, in the first section, uh, reading it, Lefip Shuto, it was referring to eating meat that was not consecrated. In this section, the formal presentation is that if you bring a korban and don't bring it to Petach then you get karet. So that means that the prohibition listed here is formally the one of Shchut Rashi reads the first section as shutechutz, and this as being maktir and other avodot bachutz. Now, and we'll see how this is really the bridge. Anyone who eats any blood, I will give my attention, literally put my face on the person who eats blood, I will cut him off. Why? The soul or the life of flesh is in the blood. I gave it to you to put on the mizbeach. Because the dam is the dam in the nefesh is what's going to be mechaper. That's why I told you not to eat dam. And therefore, no stranger among you may eat dam. In other words, what does this mean? This means that Hashem gave us the opportunity to use the dam of an animal for kapara. And therefore, the original presentation that we had in the first part of Yud Zion was, every bit of meat has to go as a korban. Here we find, if you will, a little bit of a concession, saying that even if there's meat that's not going as a korban, but that part of the korban, which is essential for kapara, which is the dam, is something you may not eat. That dam belongs to the Mizbeach. That dam was given to you as an opportunity. And here we go back to B'nai Noach and the original permission to eat meat was given, according to this understanding, was given uh, with the proviso that um, now with Matan Torah that the uh, that the blood be reserved for acts of kapara. And we saw the same thing in Parshat Vayikra, where both blood and chalev belong to God, they're not for you to eat. So by you eating them, you are essentially disrupting the purpose of the system that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave, and therefore he gives his personal attention to you and gives you karet. And I would find a corollary with animals that are not brought. As a group, as a class, that are not brought of the Mizbeach, 
If somebody traps a wild animal, or of, or a bird that may be eaten, you have to spill its blood out and cover it with dirt. This is the mitzvah of Kisui Adam, which only applies to Chayan Of. Why? Because this is Dam that never goes on the Mizbeach. Again, the essential life force is in blood. And so I told you not to eat any Dam. Because that is the essential life force. So in other words, there are two different solutions. If you have a behemah that can be brought on the Mizbeach, then the dam goes on the Mizbeach. If you have a chayar and oaf that cannot go on the Mizbeach, it has to be covered and buried. Now notice here, there isn't a prohibition against eating a nevela, although there certainly is one, but rather there is a consequence of eating an animal that died without proper slaughtering, Nevela or a trefa, an animal that was literally ripped apart, it was diseased, and therefore was a dying animal. Anyone who eats it is Tameh, and they have to have their clothes, there's Tumat Gadim, uh, be, be, say, be, uh, purified, and they themselves have to go to the mikvah, Vetamehana Erev, Vetaher. And it's Tumat Erev, which means that night, if they go to the mikvah, that night they can already, uh, participate in Kodshim, and they are Tahor. Now, what does this mean? This doesn't mean that you have to immediately purify yourself. What it means is that if you don't cleanse your clothes and don't go into the mikvah, you bear your sin if you then eat kodshim, because then you are eating kodshim betuma. Now, before we move on to Perak Yod Chet, I'll explain why I'm calling this entire Perak a bridge. The first 16 chapters of Sefer Vayikra really pick up from the end of Sefer Shemot, as we discussed in the podcast on Parshat Vayikra, with the consecration of the Mishkan and the Anan resting on the Mishkan. And now, through these 16 chapters, we have everything set in place for the Avodata Mishkan, for the worship that takes place at the nexus, at the center of the camp, which is the Mishkan and the precincts of the Mishkan. From here on in, starting with Perak Yudchet, we are going to be giving mitz- given mitzvot that apply to the nation in family life, in interpersonal life, in business, in acquisitions, etc. And therefore, the bridge here is that those things which belong to the Mishkan cannot be taken to the periphery, meaning you cannot take a korban and offer it outside. The dam which belongs on the Mizbeach is not eaten. It must be brought to the Mizbeach. And that is a corollary dam of animals that don't go on the Mizbeach. So now we have the possibility of eating venison, of eating birds, etc., that's okay, but the dam also, as a corollary, has to be covered. Then the nevelau trefa here is not seen primarily within the context of ritual foods, meaning the, the prohibition against eating a nevela, but rather its impact on the mishkan. It's important to note that through the rest of Sefer Vayikra, certainly through the rest of Parshat Achimot and Parshat Kedoshim, which follows, the impact of actions which are outside of the Mishkan, is chiefly seen through the prism of its effect on the Mishkan, meaning that sins that take place, primarily ritual violations that take place outside in the camp, are primarily seen through the prism of how they affect uh, the Kedushat HaMikdash. And now we move to the second, the next piece, which is the presentation of those mitzvot that directly affect the Machaneh, and that is Perak Yudchet. 
We're still in the middle of the Aliyah by the Baral but it's a new Dibra. Now this is not the Baral Aharon. And in the previous podcast, I asked the question, why was Perakut Zion introduced with the Baral Aharon Valbanav? Because the whole function of Korbanot is something that's still under the purview of the Kohanic families. And therefore they have to make sure that the Korbanot are brought properly. Now we move totally outside of the Mishkan as far as where the actions take place. And this is fully to B'nai Israel. So it's a very uh, noble and striking introduction. There's no mitzvah given yet, but rather, I am Hashem your God. And, So this is a generic statement, and this is the beginning now of legislation given to the camp, which is, you are not to behave like the behavior of the Egyptians that you dwelt among them, nor shall you behave like the people in Canaan, which the land that I'm bringing you to. Right now you're in the middle, you're in the desert between Egypt and Canaan. You are not to imitate the behavior of the Egyptians that you left, nor imitate the behavior of the Canaanim to whose land you are coming. Don't follow their ways, their manners. How is interpreted as a machloket tanaim, it's machloket rishonim, machloket achronim, to what extent it forbids imitating behavior or norms or customs or protocol of the nations around us. And mishpatai ta'asu, and this is now instead, instead of that, and mishpatai ta'asu, you do my laws. And chukotai tishmor, you keep my statutes. And this closes off what we saw in Pasuk Bet. And then the global statement, not to follow what they do, but rather to follow my laws, and now the closing piece of this is Now there's two ways to read this. One is descriptive, or shall we is descriptive, and the other way is reward. Meaning, you shall keep my laws, and this is how you shall live. Or perhaps is a promise that if you do these commands, etc., you will live. Because after all, we're contrasting this with Mitzrayim and with Canaan. What did we just leave Mitzrayim? We left Mitzrayim a shambles with lots of dead Mitzrayim. We're coming to Canaan and we're going to encounter lots of dead Canaanim after our wars with them. So you follow my laws, you will live. Ani Adonai. And that is the signature formula that's going to be repeated from here through the rest of the what we refer to as the Sefer HaKedushah which begins here and runs really through uh, the middle of Parshat Emor, the end of Parshat Emor, um, the signature, I am Hashem. In any case, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up uh, with uh, with the sixth Aliyah in the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.